Good morning and afternoon, everyone. This is the next edition of Dream Reality. This is a podcast series run by Iden Consulting, where we like to speak and chat to people who are experts within their field. They are people who see the last 18 months as an opportunity to keep riding the change. As humans, we're really uncomfortable with change. We want to, you know, dive under our duvets and hide from it. We like things to be steady and constant. But over the last 18 months, it's really gone forward. We've really embraced change. And now really for business, what we want to explore is how can we ride that wave of change? How can we keep the conversation going? And this week, we're talking to Samuel Samueli. And I find that has hit me very hard to say. So apologies in advance for that. It's just, can't get the tongue around it. Um, <laughs> But he is, uh, he currently is working with a nonprofit in Africa, and he's been in Africa for over 16 years. He is also the host of an amazing podcast called The Sustainability Journey. So check it out. It will be linked in the show notes. And he's also conducting his uh, MBA with Warwick University Business School. So Samueli, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, let us know how you got to be here? Thank you so much, Alison. That's a wonderful presentation. And you rightly said my name. It's just Samuel. Just drop the E at the end. Okay, and, sorry. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's really nice. And, and it's a pleasure for me to be here and be able to discuss with you. I think you really touched for introducing me. You know, keep reading change. Uh, that is, was exactly what brought me here and brought me also to the challenge also mm -hmm. in the last 18 months to start an MBA and to start bridging my career from the not-for-profit to the profit and as well starting a podcast as you uh, discussing about sustainability. So we are really people that are embracing change. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I think, you know, over the last 18 months, and I think, you know, just over the last 18 months and, and with the, the people I've interviewed, you really see that um, randomly I have chosen people that ha are very comfortable with change and are very driven within their careers. And I think that that's something really nice that is a bit of a trend coming through. But focusing on sustainability, which is really the topic of the day, right? So during the pandemic, you know, if you, ignore, if you were watching the news, you would hear all about the, the horrific statistics. But then afterwards, quite often, there would be a little story in there and sustainability was mentioned a lot and it became a little bit of a buzzword. And now you see that uh, the EU has banned certain single-use um, plastics, you know, the plastic cutlery um, and, and lots of other plastic straws and uh, you know, and on and on. New Zealand has come out uh, just this month and said that but they are going to be single-use plastic free by 2025, which is, you know, that's tomorrow. So how do you feel this is going to impact businesses and supply chains? Because normally it would be a bit of a push and a pull, but this is really a pull from public and government how are businesses and supply chains going to keep up for this without having to pass a significant cost onto the end users? It's a very good question. Maybe we can start introducing the problem. 
You know, it's really, it's really, I, I call it the challenge of our time, the responsibility of our times. And corporations, despite uh, uh, critics and different opinions, without doubt now, even in the academic world, they have a crucial role to play. So this, how they can play their role and which is the problem? The main problem is that, you know, what is sustainability? If you read also the academic uh, papers, there are so many um, definitions. For me, and the common one is we live without your limits. Reduce your footprint and live within our planetary boundary. It is not a new concept. They have been talking it for since the 70s. Mm -hmm. But now the time is really ticking. Uh, we are planetary boundary. There is very interesting papers on science by Stefan and others. And tipping points are ticking. Already we are, without doubt, on a path of self-destruction. Uh, in academia, they are discussing about the Anthropocene era, the new era which has come out out of human, the impact of human activity in the last hundred years that has changed significantly the flag, the, the circles of nature. We have impact in the water, we're impacting the carbon. We are on a very different and perilous path. This one can be debated, but evidence is gathering and it's now almost without doubt. We can say now academia, United Nations, and even the corporate has recognized that. In fact, one of the strongholds, you know, the business roundtable in 2019, or even big corporations, they seem to have, or even academics, let me put it, they seem to have passed what Milton Friedman was in the 70s, the highly cited, you know, discussion about the be the responsibility just shareholders, shareholders, and now they are embracing the stakeholders. We are talking about share value by Michael Porter. We are talking about an ecosystem of purpose. Mm -hmm. So that is the direction. Rightly said. So I'm a small business, you know, somebody that's listening and say, oh, okay, I, 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 I can agree with that, uh, you know, but how, no, how, how, and, and why? Where is the value for me there? Mm -hmm. And the value comes, okay, we have the pressure from, I think three angles. One is the planetary angle, because if you don't have a market, what are you going to sell? I mean, there is no planet, there's no point to make a business. The second one, it is more closer to you, is of course the regulators. Yeah. As you mentioned, uh, we had a new pressure on disclosure. We have a strong pressure, for example, we are in Europe, the, the new taxonomy, uh, that framework that the European Union is pushing. And even, even in the state, we, there are pushes towards a strong compliance. So it's no longer something that you need to do voluntary, but now there are precise steps mm -hmm. that they are forcing you there. The third one 
is maybe the most important. You will feel the pinch in your pockets because your customers, they might walk away. If you see research from now, we don't say now, not the NGO world, not the, the nice people with the green banner that in the 17th they were talking about, but you know, from PricewaterCoopers, mm -hmm. from McKinsey, from um, KPMG. So we cannot say strong also of uh, leftist radicalism, but seriously, the, the, the very consultant at the art of capitalism. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I am, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm saying it also with a joke and irony, but they are really, really focusing on that. You know, I was reading PricewaterCoopers uh, last surveys. Now, almost two thirds of customers, they require sustainability. Young people, especially, I was reading Mintel, uh, some research about the UK market, but even across geographies, it works, mm -hmm. which are the factors that especially millennial generation Z and, you know, the young people and teens. And it's actually, they are, the, the strong focus is sustainability and also rebrand reputation, especially a very low brand reputation can create skepticism and with that also drive away your customer. What does it mean? I mean, if I have very low sustainability ranking and score, and now they are widespread, especially, you know, there, there are a lot of rankings that are helping customers. For example, the one I've, I've read is the, the business of fashion and McKinsey reports, yeah. which is very interesting and is rating fashion and people. And you really see the link. Let me give you the example for the businesses and the people, because if you read the McKinsey uh, Business of Fashion Sustainability Index rankings, and, and, I, and I, I asked the, the, the people to give me the, the ranking for some research I was doing, and you link it with what the market surveys are saying. For example, for a one, one of the big, I, I don't know if I can tell the name, uh, one of the big sportswear brands. Okay. This big sportswear brand is within the big five mm -hmm. uh, in for revenue sales. And I mean, we cannot say the name, but he has spectacular rise. And now he got in some trouble. He has very low ranking. How the customers, if you see the Piper Sandler uh, report mm -hmm. and other reports, we can say that teens are abandoning the brand in droves. Why? Because, you know, they lost appeal. If you make one, 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 it's a correlation, of course, but since things, they value a lot sustainability and then you are not strong in sustainability. Of course, they are, you see, the economic value of being more responsible for the planet. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I mean, then even how we do it, you know, practically again, uh, you know, I'm a small business, which, which are the main area which I should focus. Yeah. So it's really, there is a lot of talking about circularity. Circularity, the LMA Carter Foundation is talking about it, the academia, and even businesses are going towards that. Yeah. So how I, how I can do, I can transform from a small business to a corporation, of course different businesses they have different priority and of course different means but that does not mean that you you cannot get in that path corporation they might have more resources but they are also more static smaller businesses 
they, they are more innovative and being more agile can unlock you know, the transformation towards that. So mainly in the literature and the practitioners, the recommendation is going towards you know, a different business model, a business model that disrupts the linear one. What does it mean the linear? Samuele sells to Allison and that's it. Or Samuele sends to Peter and Peter who is the shop sells to Allison. Then for me, when I sell to Peter, I sell direct to Allison, more or less is finished. Then to a holistic one. What does it mean holistic one? A, a, a model that puts together the true life cycle of the product and have a sustainability assessment of that. So, you know, we're going towards the words recycling, the words reuse, enabling reuse, mm -hmm. and also the words rental, so servitization. So, so you can use three main focuses. You know, one is of course, it calls for a business model that go from selling towards, you know, renting, servitization of your model, which also helps you retain value of the products and extract value, you know, in later. Mm -hmm. The second one is of course, a design innovation about how I can make my product last longer. Yeah. If they last longer, then I can use them. I can increase their lifespan and reuse it in the market so they can be reused. And the last one, I should design an approach for durability, which is linked with that one, but also, you know, for durability that is linked and with recycling in mind. Okay. You know, easiness of recycling. And, you know, okay, very nice, but, you know, how then we can assess even further? And one question, I just, then I finalize my long speech, you know. It's <laughs> been fascinating, so many points, it's good, it's good. Yes, and then, you know, you really ask to yourself, which is the key question you need to ask yourself? And it was on the Harvard Business Review just the other day. So it's not just something, it's common sense, but it's really when it's coming from Harvard Business Review, it comes, okay, it's already established. So you have to ask too, it's called Atanasum and others. So it's really asking, you need to ask these two key questions to you. How easy is to access, no, to enable a real circularity in your business model, a circularity matrix is called. How easy is to assess the product? Because it's easy to access my product or no? And how easy is to recycle? How easy is to extract value from it? And and, and I really for I really invite people to read the article. We will put the link. Yep. It's it's really interesting because it makes you think where I am, mm -hmm. where uh, where is in this small matrix about easiness of capturing recapturing value, you know, easiness of recycling and access. Some programs are very easy to access. For example, fashion, it is ideal for a circular economy because yeah. it's easy to access clothes is there i mean it's not they are not very heavy minerals or and it's quite easy to process more or less so and then for example you know and there are already you know for example the adidas parley the one made from plastic yes. uh, lines yeah. the patagonia recraft and others you know uh, which are not endorsements just examples so you know it's very ideal on uh, 
others' businesses are more difficult. So you need to ask yourself, I want to go in circularity. I want to do sustainability because that is the way. Uh, now, if I want to do this business transformation, how I do it? And then you start doing the fast actionable step. You know, you cannot yeah. go from maybe being non -com being completely unsustainable to full circular. Then you, 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 you can go step by step. So your first one, you start reducing your negative impacts mm -hmm. and you start looking at, there are different models, you know, the UN global comp that is put in there, a lot of things. So there is a lot of models which they can be helped to design and really work within your business. Yeah. And then from there you start, okay, let me start with the minimizing my bad impacts, which are the emissions, the utilize the packaging, there's the utilization of plastics mm -hmm. and all these small, you know, looking at my transportation value chain, uh, you know, my, how I move my things. And then from there, the second step will be the positive impact. How I can go even further, I can enable and unlock and going, going circular. Which I think they are the key allies, you know, mm -hmm. for that. One key ally is now the artificial intelligence and all the ecosystem that is around it. A lot of the, a lot, you know, even in my poses and others, we have seen a lot of this new innovation coming up. For example, in clothing, I was reading in one paper of the LM McCarton Foundation about one startup that is using AI to, to enable you swap your clothes for vouchers. Oh. Or even another one, even even one finding food waste, how oh, mm -hmm. just using your app to check your fridge and within what you have in your fridge, that usually, you know, everybody when go to the supermarket, they get excited. Let us put something and then, oh my God, I forgot this in the fridge is almost expiring. What I'm going to do? 90% of the time it's become food waste. Okay, I don't mm -hmm. feel, I don't know. And it was just a rush. So this app, uh, it's it's really enables you just to use whatever you have in the fridge and create and gives you a recipe so to reuse the things and there are so many ai there was also a discussion about artificial intelligence helping you also to be more compliant to analyze your business and then helping in reporting okay. or even go even more practical you know for design and innovation so you really need to have a very holistic framework so you if personally, if, if one thing has to come out for the audience that needs to stick, you need to broaden and widen and have a really open uh, vision if you want to achieve real sustainability within your business, um, which does not mean should be done at the expenses of profit. Of course, the business case of sustainability, it goes with reduction of course, it has impacted a lot of people. In one discussion, for example, in one of the company, I can give this example, one of the company started this um, EI-powered uh, EI uh, reporting, ESG reporting, and since they have to go deeply in the operation, in the practical, how you tighten nuts and bolts, we can say, they got massive savings. So yeah. the board from being like, why we are doing that? Okay, we are doing it for the PR and these crazy mm -hmm. people. Now we can, okay, now we are talking business. So, because if you unlocked 
massive, we are talking at thousands, hundreds of thousands of, hundreds of thousands of euros, then of course, the leadership is there. Yeah. And, and everything should have the push as everything, as alignment, as strategy and everything. If people, the human factor is not convinced, if the, from the leadership, the governance, but even your people don't have this mentality of really working towards this transformation, whichever plan, whichever framework you will use, of course, it's going to fail. So it's really for me personally, what I've seen, and is the same for NGOs. Mm -hmm. Whatever project we are doing, and for example, with another organization that I'm, it's not my organization, it's an organization I collaborate uh, willingly because I think they have a very good value. They are working towards a reduction of the uh, stigma of menstruation the stigma of the poverty period. Mm -hmm. You know, this, you can, I usually say you can preach a lot, but if you don't unlock and go within the villages to explain women about their body, mm -hmm. putting yourself under an acacia tree and discussing, you know, very practical issues with people, you don't unlock behavioral change. And you see, if you go with them, if you walk them, then you see the change. I tell you two things. One thing is usually uh, when they prepare, they usually go maybe for 30, 40 women. And usually the attendance is 200 because every, everybody wants to come because they see the value. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking people, they walk in mm -hmm. actually in area. And the other one, that one is, a, is the funny one. But it's not funny. It, it's funny, but also sad. You know, in, in, in a survey that was done and, and they shared with me uh, with the approach to, you know, one of the big problems is early pregnancy and abuse of women. And men and boys in school, they were saying, oh, we are not very happy about the training because women have become more strong, become more affirmative. So that is exactly the behavioral change that we want. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, now, after that, now there is a, a work on men. And also men, they are starting to come as champions. So it's really, you see, you really need to unlock the people and the factor people. You're talking about behavioral change in a pastoral society, or you're talking about a business, yeah. small or big, within the sustainability I hope I was clear. Sorry, I, I've talked a lot. No, that's but... great. I think, you know, you know, we we have some guideline questions and I think that you've you've managed to answer a lot of them, but maybe I will do so, a quick yes, summary yes. on it as well. But I think, you know, obviously I think, you know, you need to recognize the work that's being done with period poverty and look at it in the big picture. Mm. And and I think that your point there about, you know, how to people have to understand you know, and it's really important not to tell people to do things because they're they're not going to do it because they don't have the understanding. Once they understand, then that's how you get the buy-in and the behavioral change. And I think that that's really, when you talk about sustainability, I think a lot of business owners are afraid of the term sustainability that have existing businesses. And what you see are, and what they see are a lot of new startup businesses coming in that are have more sustainable 
credentials, but they're new because it's easier to start from scratch. And I think that that's an education perspective of they just see this massive umbrella of sustainability and it's like, it's scary. And they just see that a lot of work ahead of them. So it's easier to continue as they are today. And really I, your point of really just sit down and, and look at it and understand what it means and just start with the small steps and that doesn't have to be switching the light on and all of a sudden you're a circular you know business it's just going step by step and that will allow you to gain traction with sustainability which is going to drive a larger customer base because that's what your customers are looking for and it can bring in additional profits as you identify maybe gaps within your processes that you can streamline as part of the sustainability journey. And I love that, you know, you mentioned as well that small businesses, small and medium businesses, because of their agility, have a greater uh, access to this change, if you would, than a large business, which is a little bit like a juggernaut heading down a highway. It's very hard to change, whereas small businesses can trial things, see if they work, okay, it doesn't work so much. Maybe if we do it this way and it's much easier to implement and, you know, you've really um, put a lot, a lot out there. I think my next question would be, I just have a couple more questions for you, but if you under, as I mentioned, you know, the sustainability journey and the term sustainability is a large umbrella. There's so many facets underneath that, but if you could give a little bit of a recommendation or a little bit of advice to people to where to start, what should be the thing that they look at first? What would be your recommendation? Very good question. I think, you know, to, to complement what you said, it really is put it there. You know, uncertainty is a big block, stumble, stumbling block, you know, for enable trans, uh, change and transformation. So people say, oh my God, sustainability. Ah. <laughs> but, you know, but it's, it's really, it's really the way to go. Mm -hmm. And, and the research is telling that how we can do. So that's a, your question points really how we can do. And it, it has different layers. We can start from the individual. We can see that our choice matter the way we consume, the way we, we work. The, and, you know, if you have seen the transformation, even from a normal observation of the shelves of a, a supermarket that you go maybe on the Saturday morning to go and shop, you have seen now how the world sustainability green and recycling eh, has improved. And mm -hmm. it's really now they are made a bit shiny. Some of it is maybe greenwashing, some of it, we have done something. Mm -hmm. I have a very practical approach. I know solution cannot be achieved from zero to 100. It will be wonderful, but you know, you need to be gradual. You need to know where you are going and you need to have key allies of where you are going mm -hmm. and really transforming the path. That is what sometimes I say, especially from too radical, uh, criticism which we need it because it tells us where to go but you know we cannot assume that it can be done from zero to hundred in in a go 
but we need to have the crucial steps. We need to know where we can go. So as a customer, as an, as an individual, you know, you start having choices. Uh, one step I usually tell is, you know, I, I like this. Um, there is a lot on the internet, the carbon footprint and all this tracker and that. just to make yourself aware, because if you are aware of the problem, it is not just you listen to the, the radio, you read in the newspaper, you listen to this podcast and say, oh, this guy's talking, this, Alison is talking about sustainability. What is that? Seriously, is that touching me? So you make yourself aware. What does it mean if I have, I don't know, three times the art or four times the art uh, footprint? What does it mean? And then you start going deeper. Then you start to do some small things, small things that really change your habits. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, as you mentioned, the ban on plastics, it's really something that is very easy. Alternatives are there and they have been there since, I don't know, a decade, but really made a huge impact mm -hmm. because the plastics is a, it's a terrible enemy. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, also in the way of fashion and clothing, there's no need to purchase a lot of clothes that sometimes in research in the UK, maybe they are worn one or two times yeah. in the lifespan. Uh, you know, you need to be more conscious. You need to be more conscious even on your diet. You know, where you buy, for example, and you know, also here, I have an holistic view. Of course, it's important to have a more plant-based diet and they, but you know, it is not that you have to, okay, because this will take a lot of people say, oh, you are telling me not to eat my meat and everything. But there's, there are different type of meats. For yes. example, there is meat that is orga organically and in a sustainable way. There is meat, for example, here in Kenya, which is uh, uh, enabling conservation, which is mm -hmm. done, you know, not, in a, it is free range meat moving around sustainably done with the right acreage per head of cattle, which mm -hmm. is going even to the community. So it is within a circle. It is not the very intensive 25,000 pigs stuck in a small place, which of course there creates more mm -hmm. of, a, of a problem. Here the problem is that the lions sometimes they eat these cows. But that is part of the circle, and then is within this the, within the the, the 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 broader objective of conservation of some land for um, for you know wildlife yeah. conservation. You know, small steps, really small steps, and you know there are many guides, many discussion, many ways to engage and be very critical. You know, don't just drink, but really have also the holistic picture in mind. It's not that because, oh, I am wearing this brand now, I'm completely sustainable. You have to think holistically. Mm -hmm. That is that is really, I think I, one of the, a big point for businesses, of course, yeah. for businesses and others, you know, we have discussed how we can enable the transformation. Why is good for me? As you say, the small business are agile. They can discuss, they have, a close contact with the customer. What, what the customer want? What can you do? Try? Can you discuss? Can you see? Even in a in context of emerging economy like Kenya, small businesses are starting to bring up sustainable products, products that they are organically grown. There is 
as the meat that I was discussing. There are even e-commerce that they just target these kind of products, products that are good for the communities. You know, you, you start thinking about where is also my supply chain? We have discussed, yeah. we have not discussed about that. Where is it coming? How I can see, you know, how, how which are the small pieces of the jigsaw that's enabled me to get. So it's a bit of holistic thinking again and being yeah. critical. So, so my last question to you before we move on to recommendations, you know, this podcast is called Dream Reality. So we always want to dream a little bit. So looking to the future, if the planets and the stars align, how do you dream? What When you dream of the future, what does it look like? And then follow that up with, you know, the reality check. How do you think it's actually going to play out? That is very interesting. You know, you have to dream big. Usually you need to be an archer. You know, you aim high and then you get your target. I mean, if you aim low, then already, you know, you, chances are that you just get, get into the grass rather than, <laughs> than, than your target. So my dream, the dream that I have for this decade of restoration, this crucial decade, you know, we are now in the UN decade for ecosystem restoration that was launched by the UN. I think last week or two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So I really, <clears throat> my dream is to see the planet restored from the oceans, which they play a crucial role, even higher than the land. Actually, we are focusing a lot in land, but we, we often overlook the oceans. Mm -hmm. And even the World Economy, World Economic Forum, so not really the, the crazy NGOs, but somebody rooted in business is discussing about that. So we, from the ocean to the land, we see a restoration. We have a more regenerative agriculture. So an agriculture that is free for chem, chemical, an agriculture which is working towards the life cycle. Of course, we will need to accept some yields reduction, but there are ways technology is working to enable ourselves using rather than undermining the natural way the system have been working. Actually, most of the things we have been doing, they have undermined the natural defenses rather than improved. So a real planet which is better, more resources and capable of sustain. The old image, when I was a young boy, you know, in school, we had a teacher that mm -hmm. really framed me and, you know, uh, gave me this image which uh, for the 80s, it was something not really, you know, not so common. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they gave me, and then is a common, uh, is a common metaphor for our journey in the art. You no, know, we are like an, a, a, a spaceships. Resources are limited. And we are actually now with our behavior as humans, we are killing the very same systems that are making the spaceships hard working yeah so with that in mind with that in mind thinking about that seriously i think there you have enough to torto to now to change how we can done this change because of course and i see their graduality i see there are people that should be come together you know mm -hmm. there's a lot of polarization polarization in society is, is a big problem not only in the debate of sustainability but everywhere mm -hmm. Uh, you know, from the politics and everything. We really need now to have 
a common engagement. The problem is now, we are, as, as humans, we have an issue. We are destroying our planet. It's very welcome we are thinking about Mars and going to make a colony there, but still it is not seen the foreseeable future and we might yeah. not have time. Mm -hmm. So despite I like also this type of dreams, we need to focus on our planet first and we really need to work together. Every single person has a purpose, has a work, has a, a small contributions. And especially, you know, you, you can work so much, engage even with your representatives, engage with your people that are the decision makers, because of course we know regulations are important. Inform yourself and really think and understand the research, the market, where the market is going, which are the enablers. And we have seen now even the research in old businesses from fashion to others is saying that customer requ requesting that how I can deliver value, which is my, how I can change my value proposition to be in tune with those objectives. You will be rewarded. Certainly a lot to think about there. And, you know, as I think for everyone that is listening or watching this, there is something that each of us can do with our decisions that we make every day. And that drives the, the change because it com becomes a cumulative effect, if you would, because it really drives, it comes from the customer and it's it's really demanding and, and pushing that change with the suppliers and with the businesses that are there. Thank you so much. It's been a very insightful chat today. Um, I've certainly learned a lot and we've got a lot of literature that we're going to, uh, to post um, in the notes, which will help explain maybe some more points. Will uh, people are interested in learning a little bit more um, they'll be able to go away and read about it. But I think really from listening to you, the, if I could summarize it in one way, and you know, maybe I'm a little bit, you can, you can correct me if you want to send a different message, but I think that sustainability is not something that's scary. Sustainability is something that can be broken down to actual small concrete steps, which added together really can have a large compound effect. And really don't get scared by the large title, but just focus on what you can do step by step. Super. Thank you so that much. That is perfect. That is perfectly said. That is perfectly said. Great. So I did ask you for a couple of recommendations. So mm -hmm. do you have a book or a podcast that you uh, recommend to people or you love to, to go back to? Okay. Okay. I cannot recommend mine. It will be a, a conflict of interest. <laughs> but okay, I can recommend books. Usually, books. You know, when you engage with books, it depends of your time a period. For me, it's always difficult because I have a lot of books that I read. I usually read thirty to fifty big books a year. I try at least, and. The last one, in the, within these six months, I read a lot about behavioral change. I read a lot about, you know, also reality checks. Always, yeah. I can say also, don't read only books that are in, in tune and in line with your thoughts. Read books that are not in line with what you think. Yeah. That is exactly the first step for critical thinking. Because mm -hmm. if you just listen to the same radio, you don't develop that. Mm -hmm. So I read, for example, one, one book that was very provocative was Leadership BS from Professor Peffer of uh, Stanford University. Another book that uh, I really liked 
it was about um, <clears throat> how do you call it made to stick about yeah. how you market and uh, you discuss and another one was about psychology and transformation uh, you know there was two books one is surrounded by idiots very nice <laughs> very nice title and so it's it's really but i have so many uh, books that i'm reading so it's really you know get in touch if you want but really the, the main focus main recommendation i want to give is this one do not read only what is in tune with your thoughts love that that's a very strong message right there <laughs> and uh, and lastly a little bit more fun and less serious uh the song that if you're just having a tough day or you're a little bit down or you're super busy and you just want to free your mind what is your go-to song <laughs> Uh, another question, you know, it depends with the time, but for example, for me, I like a lot, I put some salsa and then I try to unwind, you know, from the, there is one from Mark Anthony, Vivir La Vida, or other type of song. There is also Chep Caleb, that is Se La Vie, which is very similar, or another very song that unlock the spirit, the joy, of living, the worthiness of living. And I think that salsa with that, um, the part, the, the, the music, the rhythm, and also the moves and, and, and the way, you know, you interact, you really, you really have to un unwind yourself and really feel, as you say, you know, lifted up. Mm -hmm. Fabulous, what a great recommendation. Well, guys, uh, look, thank you so much for your time today. I think we've learned a lot from you. And uh, this will be posted online on YouTube and it's available with on all the main podcast suppliers. And thank you so much for your time today. We're all going to make a lot of little steps now. Thank you, Alison. Thank you so much for your time and, and for this opportunity. I really appreciate a lot and you are doing a wonderful job. I really like your podcast. It's really a transformational journey towards change.